Hey everyone, it's Taylor from the New York Gun Guys here. Today, we're going to talk about mass shootings, federal gun control, and compliance laws here in New York. But first, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the New York Gun Guys podcast. My name is Taylor. Um, guys, it's going to be kind of an interesting episode here today. Um, obviously, the, the topic of mass shootings is not one to take lightly. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be kind of a serious conversation today. And, um, you know, despite my kind of upbeat intro on that. Uh, as you know, the past few weeks have really been kind of tumultuous in the U.S. in terms of gun violence, and um, there's been some really notable, quote, you know, mass shootings. I wouldn't say quote on these, but mass shootings here that have, you know, been in the media and been national, even worldwide attention for the most part. Um, specifically, the one in Colorado Springs at the uh, the gay club, one in at University of Virginia, the UVA, and then... Uh, the other one at the Walmart in um, Virginia as well. I believe it was in Virginia. Um, you know, I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but to everyone who's been affected, family members, friends, and obviously the victims, you know, our hearts go out to them. It's, you know, some people say thoughts and prayers aren't enough, but it's just like, you know, what can I do in New York to to somebody in Colorado or Virginia who, who's hurting emotionally or physically? You know, what can I say? It's just, you know, other than I'm sorry for your loss and your pain and your suffering. You know, um, the left wants action. They want banning of guns. They want this. They want that. But it's it, it, it wouldn't have done anything in these instances. It really wouldn't have, honestly. Um, in Colorado, for example, um, I would first really like to talk about um, the hero that helped save countless people in that club, Richard M. Fierro. He was a former Army major, 15-year veteran who served in Iraq and did three tours of duty in Afghanistan and earned himself two bronze stars. Uh, sir, we thank you uh, for being a true American and for running towards the fight instead of away from it. Um, obviously, when people hear gunfire, their first reaction is to escape and preserve their own life, which is a natural reaction, and I do not fault anybody for doing that. Um We've talked about in previous episodes, honestly, you know, even in self-defense situations, even if you if even if you have a firearm, you know, what should you do? And sometimes the first option is to retreat because preserving your life is often the most crucial thing or preserving the life of your loved ones. But this person did not do that. He ran towards the fight, subdued the gunman. Uh, he had a the, the gunman had a, a AR-15 style rifle, allegedly and a handgun, and he grabbed the rifle and started beating this gentleman. And from what I've seen, this this, this guy, the, the the suspect, is not a, not a small boy. He's kind of a big boy, you know, and um, subdued him, and then somebody else assisted. And then the news report stated that a drag queen became came and repeatedly kicked him in the head, which, you know, I mean, I don't want to make light of this situation, but it's just... That's a little funny. I'm not going to lie. That's just a little funny. But I'm glad that drag queen used whatever heels they had on to effectively stomp this dude and subdue him. And I saw the pictures of his, you know, when he made his court appearance and he was purple and black and blue all over. And I really applaud these people who did that. 
Um, the accused, I'm not going to say his name on my show here. He's 22 years old. So right off the bat, any of these below 21-year-old laws that would have prevented somebody under 21 from buying a gun does not apply to this. Uh, he's a resident of Colorado Springs. Colorado also has red flag laws, mind you. You know, um, it's they were one of the first states, I think, to adopt red flag laws. And um, it's kind of been a fight within the state about enforcement, uh, cooperation between state, county, and federal authorities in regards to that. Um, this person kind of had a pretty, from what I read, a pretty crappy upbringing. Um his father was a former pornographic film actor and a mixed martial arts fighter. And the mother, um, she had like an arrest record, mental health evaluations, and ultimately went on to live with his grandmother. Um, he was bullied. Um, you know, some news article says he was bullied throughout high school and, and whatever and was called, you know, was bullied by, you know, throwing homophobic slurs at this person. Um, you know, one thing to note, it's been brought up in the, the court proceedings that the accused is non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. Um, that's what the attorneys claim. Um, but I don't know what the deal with that is yet. Some people are blowing it up saying how he identifies as non-binary and he shoots up a gay club. You know, it shouldn't be a hate crime. This isn't. I, I don't know what's going to go on with that. I don't know if that's a tactic used by the lawyer to try and do something or whatever, but it has been noted. And um, so we're going to go from there on that one <laughs> and see what happens with that. Um, he was also arrested previously, funny enough, um, when he was 21 for issuing a bomb threat against his, against, um, against his mom. Um, and basically he had a standoff with the police and, um, no charges were filed. I'm just reading here from a source. No charges were filed and the details of the case were sealed. There's no record that the police or relatives attempted to trigger the Colorado red flag law, which might've allowed for the seizure of any weapons and ammunition that the person possessed. So again, Colorado had these red flag laws. Somebody shuts down a neighborhood with a bomb threat, has a standoff with police. You might figure that, hey, they should be charged with something. They should be arrested. They should be, nope, apparently no charges were filed, and this wasn't even considered a mental health issue. So, you know, if if all these laws are passed, right, and we got red flag laws on the books, and we got this passed, don't you think this person would be a prime candidate for that, you know? making terroristic threats, bombs, etc. Like, don't you think that would be a person that, hey, um, we should charge him, you know, because in this day and age, you can't just shut down neighborhoods making bomb threats and holding people against their will. Um, That would be a prime candidate for a red flag law if I've ever seen one, in my opinion. And I'm not one to take red flag laws as gospel. I think a lot of them are misguided and are used as gun control. But if you're talking about removing weapons or the ability to purchase weapons from dangerous people, then mm, this might be a, a good candidate for that. So, you know, this person ultimately targeted um, a club that was known as a safe haven, a refuge for members of the gay community in Colorado. Um, and just like I have said in the past, no matter who you are, no matter what your race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, where you come from in life, in this country, you have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to self-defense. And 
you know, I, I posted something on our Facebook page and, and a person commented, said, oh, you want people to be armed um, in, a, in a club drinking alcohol? I said, no. I said, no, you could go to a club and have a good time and not have to drink alcohol. You could work at a club or be security at a club or be an owner of a club and have the right to self-defense. And in New York, bringing this into New York circle now, up until very recently, it would have been a felony for you to carry a firearm in a place that served alcohol. So think about it. I'm not saying we need to be you know, armed 24-7 and every threat is coming our way, but if you perceive yourself as a, as a member of a marginalized, quote-unquote marginalized group in this country, or if you think a certain group of people are out to get you and you feel the need to protect yourself, your community, your family, you shouldn't vote for the people that want to take that away from you. So take that as you will. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot coming out of this with the court proceedings and with everything that comes out. Uh, this person, I believe Colorado doesn't have the death penalty, so he's probably going to serve life in a supermax prison for what he did, and good, because he's not somebody that I feel should be a member of our society. <laughs> um, the next, I guess, high-profile shooting recently was the one at um, it was the one at Walmart. Um, you know, it's really tragic what happened, and in Chesapeake, Virginia. The suspect had no known criminal history as far as I can research or look up, and he purchased the gun that morning of the attack. He was a night manager at Walmart. He was there for like over 10 years, and he went in and just started shooting people, targeted people, some say, because he let other people's other people go. He said, get out of here, whatever, and he had a certain agenda, and I guess he fulfilled that agenda and ultimately took his own life. And again, I'm not going to say the name of the person that did this on my show, he won't get the credit. I'm just here reporting kind of the facts of what happened. Um, you know, it, people then on the left say, well, this is why we need waiting periods and cool down periods and this, this, and this. And I'm like, even still, I don't think that would have stopped this person. If this person was homicidal, suicidal, talking about God in his death note that they uncovered on his phone... I don't think that anything would have stopped this person short of literally removing all firearms from the U.S. like a magic poof. Just they're gone. And that's the ultimate wish of the left. But that even still, he could go in there with a knife like you see in other parts of the world, like in England, like you see in China and Japan and all these other places that have very limited access to guns. It's unfortunate that this happened. And again, I'm not really sure how this could have been stopped. I mean, Virginia recently went blue. They implemented some level of gun control, you know, universal background checks, whatever. This person passed a background check, bought a gun, and then committed a crime with it. So in a free society, you cannot have the thought police. You cannot prevent crimes. You cannot arrest people for crimes that have not been committed yet. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty. And I'm not saying that I'm not giving this person any credit here, but... These are the things that we need to think about, and it's very tragic, and it's very unfortunate. I don't have an answer. I don't know how this could have been stopped. I really don't. Um, this kind of gets into something I'm going to talk about after uh, the next point I'm going to make or the next um, shooting I'm going to discuss, but it gets into a larger issue of society, mental health, people, etc. Um, again, my, my heart really goes out to these people because they just go to work you know, when the left says, oh, you shouldn't have to worry about gun violence when you go to work or a park. No, you shouldn't. They got that right. 
But at the same time, you know, I don't feel this could have been stopped. And I'm not saying that's an excuse for what happened, but just genuinely, like, how, this is a tragedy. You know, this is genuinely a tragedy. Um, more information is probably going to come out about this when they delve into the, the home. They said that he had, um, he at his house, he had some more ammunition, the box, the paperwork, the receipt for the gun. But really, they were struggling to try and find a motive. They said that these people had wronged him and God is going to make them, hey, God, forgive me, whatever. Um, not much more to talk about on that, honestly. Um, the next shooting, um, that happened recently was the one at the University of Virginia where, again, there's really not a motive that they could find. This athlete was on a field trip coming from D.C., shot three of his peers either on a bus or off the bus or right around the bus, um, and everyone's wondering why. Why did this person do this? Um... You know, the, the perpetrator, again, who will not be named on this show, um, it's alleged that he's been bullied, that he was having a hard time fitting in, that he, again, you know, you see that um, this is a common theme here that we're getting to. Um, they said that a handgun was found near the scene of the shooting, and I'm reading this from the Washington Post, and... Um, a handgun was found near the scene of the shooting, and investigators discovered a rifle and a handgun while searching Jones' residence in Charlottesville after the shooting. Well, I just said his last name there. Sorry about that. Um, he's been arrested previously for possession of a stolen firearm and carrying that firearm illegally. So um, in 2020, this person was charged for felony fleeing the scene of an accident for a crash that occurred in Petersburg. The charge was later reduced to a misdemeanor, and this person pled no contest and received a 12-month suspended sentence. Um, also, in 2021, a Chesterfield County police officer stopped this person while he was driving in February of 2021 because the tags on his vehicle were not on file and discovered during a search that Jones had a stolen firearm in his waistband, according to a police report. Uh, the perpetrator told police he paid $500 for the gun, according to the report. He said to the officer that he wanted the gun for protection for his family because he had lost two of his brothers. Family members did not respond to requests to comment about that statement. He was convicted of possessing a concealed firearm without a license in, later in 2021 and again received a suspended sentence. So you have these laws and you have people that break these laws and they just receive suspended sentences. They just, you know, get this, they get that. And then later on, they go on to commit tragic and horrible crimes. Obviously, this gun that he had that he used to shoot his peers was not gained legally because he would probably be barred from purchasing one legally, unlike the person that uh, committed the horrible act in Virginia at the Walmart. So you have two different kinds of people, one who's Ill, who, who would be illegal to purchase a handgun and one who would be legal to purchase a handgun, both committing horrible acts of violence. Again, I feel that we have laws in this country. They should be enforced, just like in Colorado. Um, red flag laws exist for a reason, I suppose, and that would have been a perfect example of it. But again, it, it was a failure of the system. And Joe Biden claims and, and touts that they got the most meaningful piece of gun legislation signed recently, and you know it's about saving lives and this, this, and this. It, it's not. It's all just show and dance. That's really all it is. Um. Again, this this was very tragic because at first there was no motive. They, he wasn't really connected to the players so much that he murdered. I mean, he was on the sports team earlier. They, they didn't really have much overlap. 
I mean, did this person just have enough? Did he perceive that they were making fun of him? Did I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Um, this kind of gets into what I want to talk about wrapping up this this thing of mass shootings here. Um, my opinion, and again, this is just my opinion here, which I guess is why you listen to this show. My opinion is that society creates mental health problems, which then create societal problems, which then create gun problems. Meaning, you look at the society around us, you look at people, you look at the world. People are so engrossed in social media, what's going on in everybody else's life, wishing they were somebody else, living in a metaverse, playing video games, trying to be someone that they're not, trying to represent themselves as somebody they're not. Having this pressure of a society that they feel that they need to live up to to impress other people or to keep up with the Joneses, as it used to be called, puts a lot of stress on people. Coupled with the fact that things are getting more difficult in this country. It's not like it used to be. It's not like you can go work a steady job that doesn't require some crazy college education to get paid a decent wage, live in a reasonably priced home in a decent neighborhood, expect clean drinking water, unlike up in Flint, Michigan, and be able to live your life happily. That part of the American dream, I feel like, is fleeting. As young men especially, I can't speak to young women on this, but young men seem to be a lot, they seem to make up the majority of the demograph of what's considered to be gun violence in this country. And I feel that there's a lot of pressure on young men in this country. A lot of outside influences, a lot of um, a lot of things that they can't live up to, a lot of things that we as a society impose upon them that is not realistic. I mean, take, for example, a young person trying to get out of college debt, trying to work, trying to make himself into something. It can be done, and it has been done thousands of times, and people do it, and I'm not saying that it's impossible, but the odds are just ever-increasingly getting stacked against young men. And I'm I'm in my early 30s, so I don't know if I'm considered a young man anymore, but um, I see it. I feel it, especially where we live in New York. Cost of living is perpetually going up. Taxes are perpetually going up. Quality of public services is perpetually going down. Um, you, you see it every day. You, you wonder why people are leaving the state in droves, wonder why it's fleeing, people are fleeing. So basically what I'm getting at is we need to change society. We need to change culture in doing so. We will improve the mental health and the mental well-being of many young people in this country who will feel that their only option is to not go and kill innocents in order to feel some sort of validation in this society. They don't have to join a gang in order to feel like that's the only way they have to survive to get money. They don't have to pull a trigger on somebody to sell drugs because that's the only option they feel they have. You know, systemically, the cards are stacked more against people than others, and I'm not going to deny that. But I'm not one of these people on the woke left that say, there's nothing you could do about it. You're a part of a systemic racist system, and, you know, you, you are just going to do this. No, I believe anybody can overcome anything. And you change society, you change culture, you change mental health. The guns have always been there. They will always be here. You're not going to get rid of them. You're just not. And the guns have not gotten any more deadly than they've been. You know, AR-15s have been around since the 60s. And somebody I was reading 
<laughs> again, I, I, it, it bothers me sometimes to just get into these deep Reddit holes. Somebody posted something about mass shootings, and they said, and somebody said the AR-15 has been around since the '60s. So you know what's changed? And somebody back then, somebody said, well, back then it cost so much money that it wasn't um, really viable for a lot of people. This, this, and this. And I'm like. But the fact is, it's still around, and there was guns around back then, regardless of what it is. There's, there were semi-automatic handguns. Gun laws were a lot looser back then. You know, prior to 1962, you can get a World War II anti-tank rifle delivered right to your home for fucking not a lot of money, part of my language. Um, guns have, haven't changed. People have. So it's harder to fix people. It's harder to take a phone out of someone's hand and tell them, don't look at other people's lives, focus on your own. Don't wish you were somebody else, wish you were your, your, yourself. And it's hard to do that sometimes. It's hard for people to to realize this. And this is, I guess, kind of turning into a Dr. Phil moment here, but really, it, it, it is what it is. You, It's easy to blame an inanimate object for the failures of man. It's hard to fix man, and that's what we need to do. So as a society, as a culture, as, um, you know, as a con- as a country, as a whole, and this is why I do not agree with um, the modern progressive liberal movement because they want to play a victim mentality. They want to say that you are a victim of the circumstances and you need to be um, always the victim and that's how you have rights in this country as a victim. And I, I don't agree with that. I say you need to overcome whatever adversity is, is coming your way. And when you overcome adversity, you will have the, the, the personal fortification to realize that you can do things and that... You don't need that desperate feeling to to murder, to kill, to to rob, to steal. And maybe we could return to a society where we could keep our doors unlocked and open all day and go and talk to your neighbors and not get into road rage. And, you know, I think we all just need to kind of have that thought. So that's kind of my end on that. Take that as you will. Um, it's not a gun problem. It's a people problem. Fix society, fix culture. We fix this. Joe Biden won't say that, though. <laughs> Joe Biden will say something like this about firearms. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Not a single solitary rationale for it. So there's no social redeeming value for the purchase or owning of semi-automatic weapons. Well, then we will tell every police department in this country to carry a single action army revolver or a six shooter like they did in the Old West. Joe Biden is not interested in the American public. He's only interested in government control of the American public. Semi-automatics have been around since the 1800s. This is not a new thing. This is not a new phenomenon. And like I said just previously, it's a people problem, not a gun problem. You need to fix people. You need to enforce laws. You need to punish those that break laws. You need to remove people from society that have proven that they cannot be a member of society. You could give people chances and you could give people breaks, but ultimately what might that lead to is a shooting at a gay club in Colorado or a shooting of classmates at the University of Virginia. That's what that might lead to. And for Joe Biden to say that semi-automatics have no societal value and people who purchase them are sick, I say to you, Mr. President, that 
you give up your guns, you give up the protection that you have surrounded with guns and then talk to me. But I know that's not going to happen. So, you know. And also tell your kids not to throw away guns and garbages and have homeless men find them. That would really be good as a responsible gun owner, right? And, you know, his other son, Bo, who passed away in the line of duty, I will not say anything bad about him. But Hunter, well, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot you could say about Mr. Hunter Biden. But, um, you know, these gun control laws they passed uh, recently touting as the biggest bipartisan gun control bill um it didn't it didn't do anything it didn't do anything it didn't stop these mass shootings that just happened um you know and it's not going to so this bill that i'm talking about uh that recently passed a while ago i mean this this passed i believe in june so this is a while ago but would enhance background checks for anyone 18 to 21 years old um, it would also do more things like uh, restrict gun ownership for domestic violence offenders who are not married to their partners. I mean, if you're a domestic violence offender, you, you, I don't think you can have guns anyway, or that, or it's really limited. Um, it would fund school safety and youth mental health programs. I mean, school safety, you know, a lot of people on the right side of the aisle have said, Hey, have armed school resource officers. Nope can't do that they don't want it well then how are you going to stop somebody who comes into school with a gun I mean, that's just my opinion <laughs> and speaking of federal uh gun control um you know our recent elections that happened we have a majority in the house very narrowly as of today it's 220 gop um representatives versus 213 democrats and then the senate is pretty much in Democrat control because Kamala Harris is a tiebreaker. It's 48 Dems, 49 GOP. So it's effectively Democrat if, if gun control were to come up. You know, the two big pieces of gun control legislation is the H.R. 7910, Protecting Our Kids Act, and the H.R. 1808, Assault Weapons Ban of 2022. Now, we spoke about uh, the Assault Weapons Ban of 2022 in a previous episode, so um, I think the title might be like Federal Assault Weapons Ban or something. So go back and check that out. And that was introduced by David Cicilline, the guy that says a pistol brace is a bum stock. And Thomas Massey, of, I think he was from West Virginia, was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. What is going on here? That was the episode we did with the circus theme. I really like that one. Maybe I should do another intro like that on a less serious topic. I'm not going to make a circus intro for mass shootings. That wouldn't be good. Um, you know, the Protecting Our Kids Act. Um, you know, it's it's... It's acts like these and the name that, again, it's like, oh, we're going to name it the Save the Puppies Act. You oppose the Save the Puppies Act. It's like this person opposed the Save Our Kids or Protecting Our Kids Act. It's like I don't oppose the name of the act. I oppose what's in it. You know, it creates safe storage. It creates um, uh, it, it bans on traceable firearms. It closes a bump stock loophole. Uh, restrictions on large capacity ammunition feeding devices. I mean, this is just really nuts. They they really just want to eliminate the Second Amendment. They really do. Um, I'm just looking up a quote here because uh, I want to see who who said it. Um, 
I'm not sure actually who said it. I just looked it up. But it says, compromise is the enemy of freedom. I'm not sure who said it. I just tried doing a quick search. But compromise is the enemy of freedom. And I said in a previous episode that we on this side of the aisle, of the aisle that wants to protect our rights, constantly giving, giving. They're taking an inch. They're taking an inch. They're taking an inch. And sometimes we don't have a choice but to give it to them. Sometimes we're outvoted. We're, quote, outgunned in a sense. Especially in New York, where now there's a, a majority of Democrats. Our, our governor was recently elected. You know, Governor Kathy Hochul was recently elected again, where that still hurts, but it is what it is, and I'm not going to cry about it, and I'm not going to throw a fit, and I'm not going to scream at the top of my lungs as some people did when a certain president was elected. <laughs> so it'd be made into a meme. But... Um, you know, sometimes we're just, we're outgunned, we're outvoted, and that's what it is. We compromise, willingly or unwillingly. We give, we give, we give, and we get nothing back. You know, this last, um, this last round of gun control that was passed in New York with this whole permit nonsense with semi-autos, if you get a permit to purchase semi-autos, then the left should have been like, hey, you're one of the good guys. You're one of the responsible guys. How about we do this? How about here's a compromise? You get a permit to purchase semi-autos, and those semi-autos are not subject to the assault weapons ban of New York because you are a vetted, licensed individual. Honestly, I think most reasonable gun owners would be like, okay, that's a fair compromise. I don't agree with it, but if, if listen, if you're going to ram a piece of legislation down our throats, we at least should get something out of it. You know? And again... That didn't happen because they never compromise on the left. It's always get take, 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 and you have to give, and you have to give. You have to give more rights. You have to give more freedom. You have to give more money. You have to give more guilt. You have to feel guilty because of the suffering, per, per, the perceived suffering of somebody else. You have to give more money because you work hard and you make more money, but that person over there doesn't work hard and says they're a victim of something that happened 200 years ago, so you have to give them more money. I don't agree with that. And, you know, this is the way society is going. And like I said earlier, change society, change culture, change mindset, change mental health, and you will not have these issues. Um, <laughs> so in, in talking about mass shootings, there was one thing I wanted to bring up earlier. I've been using this website, uh, gunviolencearchive.org, um, just to, they have some really good charts, really good, um, breakdowns of things relating to gun violence. So they have a page here, mass shootings in 2022. And this is one thing I, I wanted to talk about earlier. I guess I kind of segued into the next topic too early, but just kind of bouncing back real quick. Um, uh, how the left likes to, tout, likes to tout that there's been 600-something gun mass shootings in the, in the country this year. And there's a mass shooting every 12 hours and Yada, yada, yada. And they define a mass shooting as an incident where four or more people are shot, whether they're injured or killed, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, an incident involving four or more people where four people were shot. Um, you know, for example, I'm on this first page here of mass shootings. And let's just say I go to an incident here, and it doesn't say what it is. It just gives you the incident ID, the date, the state, the city or county, the address, number of killed, numbered inj injured, and... Um, you could view the source. You could view the incident report. So you know what? I'm going to go here. Let's just say to um, let's just go to Fort Worth, Texas on November 12, 2022. And let's just go view incident. Four people are injured, none killed. Um, 
which is loading up here. Da, 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 da. Come on. <laughs> so it says that it was at the reserve at Quebec Apartments in Calgary Lane, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, victim was age 13. Victim age 14. Victim age 15. Victim over 18. Victim age 17. Mass shooting. Um, four plus victims injured or killed. Shot, wounded, injured. Notes, it said, Lake Worth High School student arrested. So, and then they have these um, sources here. So, a high school student was allegedly arrested for shooting at other people underage. Would you define that as a mass shooting or would you define that as possible gang violence, possible, um, you know, something else? I, I, I don't think that's not a, I, I don't think that's a mass shooting in the classical sense of somebody going into a school or a shopping mall or whatever and in, inflicting some sort of terrorist act. You know, I, I think most people view a mass shooting as an act of random or senseless violence in a place that you really wouldn't expect it, like a school, church, shopping center, or supermarket, like what happened up in Buffalo. That is, in my opinion, a mass shooting. Um, let's go to Patterson here. Four injured. Uh, this happened on November 12th, Patterson, New Jersey. View incident. No one killed. Four people shot. Um... So a mass shooting, two suspects detained, one gun, victim age 15, age 36, age 26, um, and another unknown victim. I mean, these aren't, this to me doesn't scream, um, you know, racially motivated, hate bias, whatever. Um, you know, these just scream, <laughs> like this one here, for example, um, November 13th at Enfield, North Carolina. And I'm just picking these at random. Victim age 24, victim age 16, victim age 18 plus, victim age 18 plus, 18 plus, 18 plus. Um, so shot, wounded or injured, shot dead, murder, accidental suicide, mass shooting, and house party, block party, and a park party. One gun involved. One person was killed Sunday and at least six people were injured in a shooting at a bonfire party. Around 1.30 a.m., deputies with the Halifax County Sheriff's Office responded to a party. So it, this is some people got into an argument or some people started shooting at a party. Like, to me, this is not a mass shooting. And this is what the media and the left perceives as a mass shooting. And yes, it's tragic whenever something like this happens, of course. But again, this seems like a societal problem. Um, the point I'm trying to make here is that gun violence does happen in this country, yes. But the systemic problem of these, quote, mass shootings is not, I don't think, as big as what the left perceives them to be. You know, they're trying to put in a shooting that happened at a block party in the same level as a person racially motivated gunning down people in a supermarket in Buffalo or a person at Virginia Tech University years ago killing 35 people because he's a nut job and, you know, whatever. You remember when that happened. They're trying to put these in the same level, and to me, they're not. They need to be treated as two different things, and that's why I was saying with the, the shooting that happened at Walmart, I don't really know what could have prevented it. I don't know. I don't have that answer. And in my and if I had to guess, nothing. Nothing could have prevented that. But what could be prevented is minors getting access to handguns illegally and shooting at people in some sort of social setting that, to me, could be prevented because it's probably not the first run-in they've had with the law, if I had to take a guess. It's probably not. So, um, you know, with that, 
take that as you will. You could go to this website and you could look and see. I just picked out some random ones here. Another one I saw was uh, biker gang violence. Another one I saw was uh, drive-by shooting. And I'm just, you know, it's unfortunate. This is what we have to live with. But again, the criminal element will do criminal element things. Um, last thing I want to talk about here is kind of something that came up. Um, I actually saw it on Reddit. And it kind of kind of took off for a bit because people were like kind of confused by it. So um, this is involving the arrest of an upstate New York man in Hudson Valley. It says here from the Hudson Valley Post, a Hudson Valley man is accused of driving in the region with an illegal AK-47. On Wednesday, November 17th, New York State Police from Troop K arrested a 29-year-old Dutchess County man for allegedly possessing an AK-47. Um, on November 15th, 2022, the New York State Police arrested 29-year-olds, uh, the guy's name, Avish Fishkill, for criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, a Class D felony. This person was issued an appearance ticket returnable to the town of East Fishkill Court on December 29th at 9 a.m. So this person was arrested allegedly with an alleged legal gun and just said, yeah, you can come back for court. If this is such a big problem in New York, if they're, if they're really so concerned about assault weapons, wouldn't you keep this person in jail? My opinion, whatever. Um, but they show a picture of the gun, and the gun looks like a compliant AK-47 type rifle. It doesn't have any muzzle device. It doesn't have a bayonet lug. doesn't have a vertical foregrip. It looks like it has a 30-round mag, but there's only about eight bullets on the table, so maybe it's a pin 30 mag. You know, I don't know. And then it has a fin grip, which I up until recently thought was legal, and I'm sure a lot of you have. People on Reddit were commenting, wait a minute, fin grips aren't legal? No, they're not. Suffolk County says that fin grips are not legal. Upstate counties think that they are, but it's a big state of confusion. This is a problem that I have with New York State. You write laws, you pass laws ambiguously, and you don't have any follow-up. People are left wondering, is this legal? Is this not legal? Gun shops sell things like this with fin grips. And if somebody buys it, does that mean that they could become a felon? If they say, hey, I bought this like this. What are you doing arresting me? I'm following the law. So um, occasionally I call the 1-855-LAW-GUNS number. In New York State, that's the Safe Act hotline. You could call with questions regarding things like compliance, allegedly, <laughs> pistol permits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I wrote down some information here. Um so I called him up the other day, and I just said, hey, you know, what is a legal and acceptable style of grip for an AR-15 style rifle? The first trooper I got on the phone, she basically said that no grip is acceptable, and a fin grip is not acceptable. And because I asked specifically about a fin grip, and there's two different kinds of fin grips. One that's molded as one piece, and then there's like a fin that's added to a pistol grip as Kydex, you know, you wrap it around, whatever. And she said that might be compliant in California, but it's not New York because technically the gun still has a pistol grip. You're just adding something to it. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then what about the fin grips that are molded just one piece? You're not adding anything to it. And she says, you know, let me get you to somebody who can help you better than I because I had to ask her multiple times and, and whatever. She she didn't know. Um so I got a sergeant on the phone. He told me his name was Sergeant Kinzel. And again, this is not legal advice. Anything he told me he said is not to be construed as legal advice and yada yada. Um, so I asked him, what is a legal and acceptable style of grip for an AR-15 style rifle? And he says, 
that it's gray area stuff and all he could tell me is what the law says. And he said that a, a pistol grip is defined as any grip protruding conspicuously below the action of a semi-automatic firearm that has the ability to accept a detachable magazine. And I said, okay, well, if it's a grip, then I guess any form of grip, anything you could hold that goes below the action of a semi-automatic firearm that accepts a detachable magazine would then fall under this. And I said, you know, how do your, you know, for example, if your troopers are in the field and they encounter a gun, how do they determine if it's an assault weapon or not? He said, well, they know the law and they interpret it as such, and then ultimately would be up to a judge to decide if that is compliant or not, or if that falls within the law. And I said, you know, there's a lot of confusion out there. And I wasn't giving him a hard time. I was just talking. And I said, you know, there's a lot of confusion out there to these things because people want to try and follow the law. And he's like, well, what people are trying... This is what he said, basically, I'm paraphrasing. He said, what people are trying to do is circumvent the assault weapons law. It's illegal to have assault weapons in New York, and what you're trying to do is take an assault weapon and make it not an assault weapon. So he said that you can't do that. And I said, okay. And I said, you know, gun stores are selling them like this. And he says, well, gun stores think they're following the law. They think that it's legal, but it might not necessarily be so. Well, joy. Um, so basically he said, if I had any questions, I could call the district attorney's office from where the county I live is. And this is where we have a problem in New York as gun owners. They take away our guns. They take away our rights. They tell us what this is. They tell us what this is. But then when we ask for clarification, no, we can't give you clarification. Hey, can we um, can we find out if this is legal? No, nope, uh, we can't tell you that. Only a judge can. So you got to go through the legal system first to determine if it's illegal or not. That's like the Obamacare. We have to pass the law to know what's in it. <laughs> California, for example, everything's run by the DOJ in California, and they issue things, yes, this is legal, no, this is not legal, yes, this is legal, no, this is not legal. Fin grips in California are legal. They are not legal in New York. So my advice to people, and this is not legal advice, don't quote me, whatever, if you have an AR-style rifle that you want to have a detachable magazine with, fin grips are not okay. As per the state police, as per this person who got arrested in upstate, as per Suffolk County, as per pretty much anywhere I could look. Despite if you bought it legally from an FFL, uh, my advice to you would be to look at that. Um, and this is the frustration we have. You think you're doing the right thing. And then they say, nope, you're not. Well, can you tell me what the right thing is? No, I can't. Thanks. Thank you, New York, for just constantly screwing us over. Um, <laughs> and this is why people make fixed mag builds on ARs, which... To get into a little gun chat here, I do not think it's practical. I do not think fixed magazine ARs are practical. If you have to load a ma uh, uh, an AR-15 through an ejection port under a stress situation, you might as well just carry a magazine with you. It, it really has no redeeming value. If you have the comp mag and it has to go through the bottom of the magazine through a little window, are you going to be throwing loose rounds in there? Are you going to be doing this? Are you going to carry a bag of loose rounds, or how do you load that? Like... In my opinion, an AR-15 is supposed to have a detachable magazine. That's just my opinion. And if you whatever do whatever you want with it, if you want to have a Thorson stock, which again, I don't even know if that's legal, because technically it's a grip that does protrude below the action of a firearm. Even though that's the most legal thing I've seen sold here, and everybody has them, and everybody sells them, and big company that's here on Long Island makes them and sells them with them, like. It could be argued that it's below the action of a firearm technically, so therefore it's not legal. That, in my opinion, though, would be a better uh, 
grip option. Um, I, you know, I've seen spur grips, which are okay, but they don't really allow for control of the weapon. Uh, the Thordston is probably the best compliant option for an AR in New York. Uh, separate buffer tube, obviously. You know, you have your buffer tube, you have the separate stock. Um, there's also the New York, oh, uh, I forget what it is. It's a goofy looking AK stock where basically the, the grip and the stock is one. But again, that that protrudes below the action of, of, the, of the AK. So if you get arrested with it, they could charge you with it. And this is the messed up thing. And this is why I said compromise is the enemy of freedom. Because they want to take away your rights so bad that they will do anything to pass these laws as ambiguously and as gray as possible and then catch you up later in it. You know, the same thing happened with the Remington TAC-14s and the shockwaves. Legal, hey, everything's good. Sell them, sell as much as you can in the state. Cool, awesome. And then now they're not legal. And now people are felons if they possess them. You're really not doing us any service here, big government. You're really not. So again, some people might say I'm ranting about this, but I think it's very important to get this information out there. So my advice to AR owners is probably a Thordson grip is okay. Again, not legal advice. Don't take this as, as word or, you know, whatever. But I would say probably a Thordson grip is probably okay. Uh, spur grip, definitely not okay. Uh, I mean, not a spur grip. Fin grip, definitely not okay. Spur grip, definitely okay in my opinion. Um, but don't always trust what an FFL tells you. Do your own research. And um, hopefully nothing bad will happen. That's all I got to say on that. But, um, guys, listen, it's been a rough week um, in this country. A lot of issues, a lot of big things. I know Thanksgiving has just passed, and I hope everyone had a good holiday with their loved ones. Um, you know, remember the people that can't be around for Thanksgiving, um, people currently serving in the military, deployed, police officers on duty trying to protect people, making sure that everyone is safe, uh, family members that are no longer with us, um, just remember all those people. Give thanks for that we live in America, which I think is the greatest country in the world, despite <laughs> what some big celebrities might say. I'm still waiting on some of them to move to Canada. I, I don't know. I, I thought they were leaving once Trump got elected, <laughs> but I guess not. Um, you know, so listen, do good on to others. Be a good person. Um, just try and change society. Try and change culture. Um you know, the golden rule, treat others how you would want to be treated. No matter how bad they yell at you, no matter how bad they tell you you're the problem, you're a terrorist, you're uh, this or that or whatever. Um, vote for who you want to vote for. Protect everyone's rights equally in this country. And hopefully we'll change the narrative. I mean, listen, I'm just a guy talking on the Internet here. But, you know, I try to do my part doing this. So everyone's got to do their part. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening and stay safe out there.